Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey Postables, you're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cami. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use the music on our show. Now, grab some Yahoo or a kombucha, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Postables! We are back today to talk about the next movie in the series, Home Again. And so we're going to just dive into the letter story and then we'll do Norita and Shaliver as their own kind of separate talks because there's a lot going on. Um, in this well, movie, they deserve, they deserve their own segments. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. So the movie starts with three sisters, Peggy, Mary Lou and Bunny, uh, mailing a package and the clerk, played by the lovely Peter Benson. Um, and I just love the very small little dialogue that he has with them is, what do you have in here anyway? And the little girl is like, hope. Like, oh. It was actually really intriguing because I'm like, what is in that box? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone would have foresaw, well, unless you you know, saw the cover of the DVD before you watched it. Or but. you watched the preview, which had the base, you know. But, um, I but didn't yeah. see either, so. Oh, you didn't, okay. Mm-mm. Nope. It's a very, uh, a very surprising element, I think, is, that it's a vase. Um, yeah. Blocks. And the vase yeah. has its own journey. Oh my gosh. The long journey. The movie should have been done by, from the perspective of the vase, you know, just where it goes. <laughs> Should have just put a camera on the vase, done everything from his perspective. <laughs> like its own character, which yeah, essentially right. it is its own character. But I mean, but, yeah, basically. But, but can I can I just say how adorable uh, Mr. Everett's uh, dialogue is with the girls because he's he's just sweet he's just so sweet with the girls he's obviously very very caring about them he's mm-hmm. he love he can tell he loves them and uh and I remember my husband was watching with me and when he lifted it up but said he can't do that he'd have to cover it with his money sweetheart he's making it look official for them he's gonna cover it <laughs> <laughs> but it just you know it was just sweet you know he made them he made them feel official he made them feel important he didn't turn them away and he's do and it's obvious that they need help and mm-hmm. he's helping them it, it's just like what he says to the postables later on i never forget my neighbors mm-hmm. and it i i think that that's in more ways than one he doesn't, he remembers all of them, but he also remembers to think of them and remembers to think of their feelings. Yeah. And I think part in that is, you know, it's a small community too. And that's a lot of small town communities. Everybody knows everybody, everybody looks out for everybody. Um, And so, you know, it's just, 
it's a it's a really it's really nice to see that because you're kind of like oh I wish I had that because I live in a big city <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving right along so the postables discover this base after a little incident where a certain someone takes a hammer through the wall not naming any names here <laughs> okay so <laughs> when this scene happened you guys I started laughing my head off because that would probably be me, to be honest. Um, so whenever we're hanging things, I'm just like, let's just eye it. And my husband is definitely the type, like Oliver, to get out his, um, like the straight edge thing and the level and then like measuring everything to the make sure that everything is right. <laughs> yes, we have a stud finder. Actually, I think I have level in here somewhere. But anyways, he's very particular about the like placement of, you know, making sure it's perfect. And I, like Shane, would be one to take a hammer and accidentally hammer a wall. Okay, but she wasn't even close to the <laughs> nail. <laughs> I, I will, I, I will <laughs> say. The nail was here. She was here. <laughs> well, I will, I, I will say the other thing too is now, unlike Shane, I would take a gentle tap. Okay. But she, yeah, you don't need much for like, a nail in the whoosh. <laughs> what? I mean, she, she looked like she was trying to tear that thing down. What now? <laughs> <sighs> she was like trying to split some wood there, but <laughs> she's trying to be a wood chopping Hallmark hunk. <laughs> Oh, shame. Oh, shame. Oh, shame. But um, they discover this secret room. Um, well, they're in, the, let's start with the fact they're in a new DLO space now. So they're in a, a new space. So old DLO is gone. I know. I know. I really, really like that space. I you know. know. But real quick, because I know there are a lot of postables who have asked this question multiple times, and I can't remember if it it might have been Kristen or Crystal. It was. It was Kristen. It was Kristen. Kristen, and Kristen told us that uh, in her that in her interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Kristen told us in her interview the reasoning behind the change of the space. And so basically the old DLO set was no longer available. Um, but if you want the longer story, you can go back and listen to Kristen Booth's interview with us. And neither was the mailbox May. grill. Yes. Yeah, they lost the set for the mailbox grill as well, which is just <laughs> yeah, sad. so much. So much happened in those two sets, you know. Mm -hmm. So many things happened in those two sets, and so it's just oh, <laughs> yeah. But they covered it really well. I mean, oh yeah, they covered it very well. For me, I was kind of like, oh, it's Ramon. Of course, he got a new restaurant. No big deal. I mean, of course, I missed the mailbox girl, but it didn't strike me as odd that they weren't in the mailbox girl. And then the whole idea of, you know, the the old DLO being for online shipping, like, I mean, that makes sense, too, because they have that giant shoot and like it's a giant mm -hmm. room. And yeah, it, it all kind of makes sense, especially in today's world where everything's, you know, we're buying everything online. So yeah. I think they covered it really, really well. It really didn't strike me as odd. Oh, they did but yeah so they find this this back room in DLO the new DLO and it apparently was the space uh where a man named Harry Snap used to hang out and they find all this mail 
because you know there's this whole postal lore about Harry Snap and how he used to sit around during lunch breaks with like scratching the lottery tickets or something and they find the lost mailbag of Harry Snap and they go through the the mail and a lot of it's junk mail until Shane picks up a box She's just causing all kinds of trouble here. You know, she's being a little clumsy. She's in love. I mean, <laughs> that's what happens when you're in love. And Norman is the one who she saves the day. She wasn't exactly being moony-eyed. She wasn't being moony-eyed at that point. She was just being, <laughs> she was being quick and fast. <laughs> she was clumsy though. It Her was mind very is not on <laughs> the safety of boxes or walls. Her mind is on Oliver and how good he looks in that plaid suit <laughs> with that with the yellow rose. Hey, oh we're not on Oliver right now. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm just justifying <laughs> why Shane is busting through walls and picking up broken boxes and almost smashing, you oh. know, a hundreds old base. Yeah. But uh, Jess is right. Norman does save the day. He does. He's quick. He's the quick. movie would have ended right there. <laughs> shattered vase. With a shattered vase. <laughs> and thank goodness he does, because we know that that vase is worth quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. My word. That's another funny scene, but we'll get to that in a minute. Oh my goodness. Yes, we'll get to that. My, one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Okay. But anyway, so they find a letter inside the vase, and they learn... Um, about this kind of family farm legacy all the women become farmers they learn that the vase was a gift uh from the man who uh married was their great grandmother mm-hmm. grandmother betty betty that's right so that that was a wedding gift and um that they knew that the person who was thinking about buying it needed to see it to you know determine the worth and that it was called their just-in-case vase because they knew it was probably worth a lot of money, but they really tried it for as long as they possibly could not to sell this, this vase. Can I um, can I interject something really quick here? Because I, I wrote this down as something that kind of struck me. You know, my, my husband was watching with me, like I said, and when they said that this, uh, this vase has been through five generations, uh, he said, wait a minute, World War II? And he started doing the math. Of course, my husband started doing the math. That doesn't make sense. It hasn't been, it hasn't been five generations since World War II. And so I went back and it was was two, it It was was two. two. But I went, I went back, I went back and watched it again. And the wording in the letter said, um, five generations have lived with the vase. So it, it goes back to great great grandmother, great grandma's bed, great grandma Betty's mother, mm-hmm. because she was still in the house. She was still in the house when great grandma Betty brought it back. And so I was like, ha ha, that is the fifth generation. And then we counted and then it made sense. Mm-hmm. So for anybody doing the math, for anybody doing the math, it does make sense because great great grandma was still in the house when great grandma Betty brought the vase and her baby back. Mm-hmm. In order to start tracking down um, the family, they decide to to look into the vase. Is kind of where they their starting point is. Let's let's learn about this vase and maybe from there we can find who it belonged to. And so we learn that Norman's cousin Serge 
has a twin, Igor, because Norman needs more cousins, right? And who would have thunk it? They look so alike. There's an uncanny resemblance. (laughs) And he just so happens to be the associate director of decorative arts at a museum. Because, again, all his cousins have very interesting jobs. Very. I do do have to say, you know, after after the character of Serge, who is so silent and so weird, you know, the, the fact that we see the same actor, the, the fact that we see the same actor come back and just being completely talkative, totally friendly and very knowledgeable and educated. I was like, that, that's cool. That's a, that's a cool twist to, mm-hmm. to be able to bring, to bring another, another level to, mm-hmm. to the characters that surround the postables. <clears throat> yeah and um so igor they bring it to igor and he looks it over and he's able to tell them that it's quote either quite valuable or an excellent reproduction so very likely this could be worth a lot of money and let's talk about norman's face <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say norman nearly choked because <laughs> well if he can, he thinks they're talking about hundreds, like two two fifty three hundred dollars or something. Yeah, they're talking about two fifty. Well, five hundred. Five five hundred is what he said. Five hundred and yeah, five hundred and uh, oh no, not that much. Two hundred fifty, maybe three hundred thousand dollars. Uh, it's hilarious. Uh, oh, does it, those little expressions so well as he's like, what? <laughs> We're talking about oh, 250, 300,000. <laughs> and again, we are glad that Shane did not drop that uh, exorbitant amount of money on the floor, smashing it to bits. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That would have been bad. Yeah. <laughs> And so after they learn that about the base, um, we also have a second storyline of um, using Dale, our lovely friend Dale, to help with the investigation because Dale is very resourceful. And so um, it's actually Shane who suggests that Oliver consult Dale. And then Shane, of course, is like, Rita, you go with him, please. <laughs> You're going to go with him. You're going to be that little woman. interchange. Like, Okay, and I know we're not there yet. Sure, but let's talk about this for a second. Okay, why? I'm surprised that Shane is still a little insecure at this moment. I I thought it was more of it. It was awkward. It would like I don't know that I would want to go see my boyfriend's old flameish. Like, I don't even want to call her an old flame because they were never a thing. But, like, it, it would just be awkward to be, like, it, like, I would almost feel like I'm rubbing it in your face. I got the guy that you couldn't get. No, 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 no. I'm, like, not, I'm not surprised that Shane didn't go. I'm surprised she told Rita to go with him. Oh, I think, well, I think I, she's maybe scooping out stuff. Like, is she, cool? <laughs> is she cool? Because we want to make sure she's cool before I go say, what's up, Dale? <laughs> Yeah, that that definitely could be it that she's scope that she's scoping out. But you know, I just they're you know like Oliver said they're a very early thing 
And just, you know, because Shane, even though she is a lot more modern than Oliver, because for, for Oliver, one kiss did make a contract. Mm-hmm. And then that, that second kiss sealed the contract and made it completely unbinding. Yes, but it did. For Shane, yes, it did. But for Shane, things are a little different. You know, that and but so she knows Oliver. She knows that, Oliver. Like, what does she have to worry about? She do, no, she <laughs> does. No, she I don't I don't think she necessarily has anything to worry about. Just, you know, let's err on the side of caution. Shelby and Rita, you go with them. Yeah. You know? and it's not necessarily so, that she doesn't trust Oliver. It could be the fact that she's still a little leery about Dale. Hmm. Yeah, she doesn't trust Dale. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, that stupid. I can understand a little more. Yeah, that I can yeah. understand a little more. Because I'm like, why does she like? Yeah, that 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 makes more sense. I love Rita's reaction. Like, are you sure you're okay doing? It? Oh, of course. And you go with him. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, and then it's so awkward for Rita, and she's just like, dude, dude. <laughs> well, and then Oliver can't even finish a sentence regarding Dale. Like, oh, I know. And uh, and, and it, there was a. a can we just change the subject? <laughs> no, he's so tongue-tied and flustered. I mean, obviously, obviously Dale is still a very hard subject because if things had been completely, if, if things mm-hmm. had been completely removed, then I don't think he would have had that trouble. So, yeah. it, you know, obviously it's still a very awkward subject for him. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, for on for Oliver, it would be just because he doesn't want to lose a friend, especially someone who's been there for him for the last 18 years. That's and true. At the end of Lost Without You, they didn't really end on good terms, in a sense. I mean, they're fine. They were never, he had never led her on. And she mm-hmm. had never led him on. It was just at that moment, it was like the light bulb went out the light bulb went off for Oliver and was like, oh, stink. This girl has a crush on me and I don't care for her that way. So when he asks and goes, he asks where Shane is and she, he sees her crestfallen face. I mean, yeah. that would be awkward for him to go back to Dale and be like, ah, so. Favor? I, I need a favor and I have a girlfriend, but she's not my girlfriend because I haven't really said she's my girlfriend. So she's more like, we haven't put a label on it yet, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't used the G word. It's yeah. not Facebook official because Oliver doesn't have Facebook. So. <laughs> and Oliver can only say the word thing. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, but I think it also just shows how much Oliver does care for Dale as a friend. Because he doesn't want to hurt her. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I appreciate the fact that he can't even get his words out. But then He's- it's also very known for Dale, like, okay, we're definitely just friends and he's gonna he's gonna you know be with a great woman mm-hmm. he's very sensitive to her feelings yeah. which is you know nice for a change you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not ta- i'm not talking about oliver i'm talking about you know like, a in lot general, of characters yeah. that we see yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right well back to the letter story so um right so Dale helps them narrow down a county and then eventually Shane and Oliver are able to find the um 
the son of the original dealer that was interested in the piece and um he said and the son um says they would still be interested in buying this piece and he is able to help them i think narrow down it to a city and um mm-hmm. that kid from edgewood yeah that kid from that edgewood. kid from edgewood and that's kind of how they they get to find the the Kelser family farm mm-hmm. is they do small conversations and um can i also say they also oh wait, run don't forget into mr everett and yes my realized, my yeah, my that man saying. does not age that man uses some excellent moisturizer <laughs> the water in edgewood yeah that's it that's the wa- it's the water in edgewood yes so yeah sorry i forgot that they did go back to the, the clerk aka mr everett aka peter benson peter benson and he he's the one who leads into really the Kelster family farm mm-hmm. and um yeah and basically they learn that they do still live there until saturday because mm-hmm. it's up for auction yeah and we also find I out that they that are Norman... still a family too mm-hmm. because that was a big that's concern I, that's I was gonna say about the from the letter and story norman... and norman is the one who asked it which i think is very telling are they still a family? Because mm-hmm. Norman is the one that was put into foster care. And so he was probably worried about the plight of those girls. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Especially having, like, them having lost their father, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost so, father. Oh their gosh. mom was depressed. Mm-hmm. And these girls Can we were... talk about that for a second? Yeah, go for it. Uh, just... I mean, I remember the first time watching the movie and watching Rita read that part of the letter. Like six months ago, Daddy died in a tractor accident. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" That that was just that was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was so heartbreaking. And you know, after hearing about all the trouble that they had already gone through. Mm-hmm. uh with uh the with the cow epidemic and sometimes they would have to resort to very little food to pay for the hay mm-hmm. and now they really are at the breaking point because daddy died and mom can't get out of bed and just uh, it's so sad yeah and you've got two little girls you've got a 10 year old and maybe a 12 year old being parents to Mm -hmm. a five-year-old just i mean they're they're trying to take care of bunny they're going to school they're trying to trade milk to pay the bills Mm -hmm. it's just oh it is daunting for me to even think about trying to do all of that at 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of strength, but we know that the Kelser women are hardworking women, and they have fought for their Ugh. farm, and they're still fighting for their farm. Yes, and, and um, yeah. the girls, it says in the credits, their ages, they are 9, 12, or sorry, um, sorry, 12, 6, and 11. So Peggy is 12, Mary Lou is 11, and Bunny is 6. And then when we go to the future, Peggy is 30, Bunny is 24, and Mary Lou is 28. So they were very, very young girls when they lost their dad. 
12, 11, and 6. Hmm. The script said, when, I, the, when she said, I was 10, so. <clears throat> Maybe she just turned 11, her birthday. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. They Moving were young. on. They were young. <laughs> but um, so they, they arrive at the, the farm and they immediately meet um, Abby, who is Peggy's daughter. And I love how she just starts questioning all of their relationship statuses. <laughs> it's so like a little kid, you know, and she acted, she acted younger than I thought she would, you know, because she, she seemed to be a little bit older, but she was kind of acting like a six-year-old herself. And it just shows that I, I thought that she and Bunny were a lot alike in just how sweet and innocent and childlike mm -hmm. they are. And, you know, just, it was so cute. She was so unassuming. She was so precious and just immediately trusted them, was immediately their friend. And yeah, it was cute. <laughs> it was very sweet. It was cute. Yes. And then she forces them, well, lovingly forces Oliver and Shane to come see the cows. <laughs> To Oliver's delight. He takes his hand. So cute. Just takes his hand and leads him out. I was like, man, that's something I probably would have done. <laughs> Oliver admits he's only been on a farm one time before. It's like, Oliver. Oh, goodness. The funny thing is, in real life, Eric Mabius is like an outdoorsy kind of dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's a woodsman. Yeah. That's, that is so funny. It's like, he doesn't need any hand sanitizer for petting that cow. Come on. <laughs> That was cute, but we're not on Shaliver yet, so I'm gonna be quiet. Okay. Yes. So then um, they get to meet um, the rest of the family. They meet the mom, Kim, uh, Peggy, and Aunt Bunny. And so Oliver tells them basically that they're gonna need all three signatures to give them the vase back. And that's when we learn that Mary Lou is not there, and she has not been home in like at least two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Over two years, mm -hmm. yep. Because she is a. It was ever since that Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a new. She's a news correspondent, mm -hmm. and uh, and and the and she was doing a special overseas. But yeah, they mm -hmm. after that big argument, Christmas two years ago, she left and hasn't been seen since. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big strain between her and Peggy. Yeah, um, in the family. Oof. <laughs> and this story really like I don't know it just hit me because you know especially being like just me and my sister in the family and I know like you know sometimes oh, yeah. when you're fighting like all the mother wants is for her daughters to get along and I feel like my mom does the same thing with my sister and I fight she's like I just want you two to, to get along and and so I really could feel like the mother's emotion of like I just want like these two sisters to be reconciled um not only because of that, but you know, the mother also is learning that she has something, she's dying. She would mm -hmm. probably love to have her third daughter come back home. They haven't spoken to Mary Lou, so they haven't been able to tell her um, what's going on. So it's really kind of sad. And now they're losing the farm and the mother can't, yeah, isn't able to, to die in this, the legacy of their family home. Yeah. And I gotta say, Peggy was kind of a jerk. <laughs> honestly because okay she's the oldest and so as the oldest you're technically taking responsibility of what your siblings do 
And so she basically kind of let Mary Lou send that vase off, even though she had her reserves, she didn't put her foot down and say, you are not sending this. I will. They were all there. They were all All there. there. Like (laughs) she was part of it too. It's just that Mary Lou, and even as a young age, she is that she's got that journalistic researchy mind type of thing. And so she is very, she's like a Kelser woman. She finds ways to get herself, get them out of a pickle. And that was her way of getting them out of the situation that they were in. And yet um, Peggy was just like so mean to Mary Lou. Like no wonder she didn't want to come home because if I had a sibling like that, I would be like, Mm, I'm good (laughs) like I don't want to be around somebody who's so negative who's gonna blame me every single year for the next 15 years Mm -hmm. that I sent this vase off despite the fact that you were there despite the fact that you're my older sister and you could have stopped me like there have been so many things like I would not want to be around somebody like that um Mm -hmm. and then with Mary Lou I found this interesting she at a very young age has a way with words with that letter that is put in the vase and she writes this wonderful story about her family and their family history and for somebody who's like a 10 11 year old that's not that doesn't come yeah. naturally to 10 and 11 year olds like they don't no. they're not interested in their family's history they it might be know. a one page yes <laughs> it might be a one page and that thing was it was know, like several pages, pages yes and it went back to the history of like the entire vase and everything so i really love the connection with her being a journalistic reporter because it just carried on with her. And I thought that was super cool because it's so mm-hmm. in character with yeah. Mary Lou. So anyways, those are just my little tidbits about this yeah. part of the letter story. Yeah. When I, uh, when I spoke to, when I spoke to Laura Bertram, I asked her about playing a very bitter character. And she talked about how she, how the character of Peggy just let, everything seep in and couldn't she couldn't really let go of it and she felt the burden that like what you were saying that she she probably felt the burden that she didn't stop her Mm -hmm. uh so we'll have to we'll have to put that interview out because it because that uh i'll i'll send you i'll send the link to put in the comments because it's a really interesting uh story that she told me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, it really just seems like Peggy's projecting her own guilt onto Mary Lou. Like, Peggy feels the guilt of, I did this too, and this could have saved our farm, and now we don't have it because we sent it away. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, the fact, even, even even though she is that way, the fact that Mary Lou left, and Bunny is not an adult, you know, she, she's a very childlike adult mm-hmm. and you can, you can tell with the way she acts, the way she talks, the way her mother talks about her. And so Peggy has this incredible weight on her. She's taking care of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Mary Lou has not been seen for two years, mom's dying. She has a daughter the farms being sold, you know, that's, that's, that's an incredible weight to be put on anybody. And obviously Abby's father is not in the picture. And Kim talks about Peggy's broken heart. And mm-hmm. so, you know, yeah, she's, 
I, I don't condone the way she acted, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then a little later on, Oliver and Shane go off with Kim and they learn more about her illness. And I think it's really interesting this scene um, because Kim describes three of the cows, Suki, Polly, and Arabelle, that Suki is stubborn, Polly likes the parlor, and Arabelle likes to wander. And she's basically describing her three daughters. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that, that parallel and that correlation. (laughs) Okay, so Mary Lou's the stubborn one. Bunny likes to wander. Or no. No, Mary Lou likes to wander. No, 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 no. Yeah, Mary Lou likes to wander. Peggy's the stubborn one and Holly and uh and but well says the first well yeah yeah she's still in the parlor because she'll because if she doesn't get out first she stays in there all the time (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I thought that was really that was fun I really like I really like the way that mom came down on Peggy because she talked she talked about following that everybody followed their heart. Actually, if you're watching on YouTube, I have my, oh, there it is, kind of. It, it's a necklace that my husband gave me that says, follow your heart. So I wore it just for this. <laughs> and, uh, but I love that, I love what she says, that you followed your heart, it got broken, and you brought all the pieces back here. And Bunny followed her sweet little heart even if it was just to the back fence, you can just right there. That just shows a lot about Bunny's temperament and Mm -hmm. how she is very much a homebody and wants to stay on the farm. And then she says, Mary Lou followed her heart and everybody, everybody needs to have a self discovery. Everybody needs to follow their heart and Mm -hmm. figure themselves out. So Mm -hmm. I really liked the way that mom kind of put her foot down with Peggy. yeah yeah kind of put her in her place a little bit mm-hmm. then they go back to the house and they learn a little bit more about about the vase um they get to see some of the photo album and things like that and um the postables learn that the vase was received in france and shane immediately is on to something you can see it in her face she's like oh no um and basically to, to kind of make a long story short we learned that the vase is very valuable but the vase does not belong to the Kessler or the Kelser family because mm-hmm. it was originally way back when in whatever century was stolen and then again kind of kept getting passed down and eventually ended up with the family. But um, the vase is not theirs. So the postables are in a pickle. Which is really, really tragic. I mean, this, this is the part of the movie that almost broke me. You know, <laughs> just like, oh, after all of that, it's not theirs. Come on. Oh, th- this was this was the part of the movie that almost broke me. Mm-hmm. It just, mm, yeah. especially because it they, was rough. Yeah, especially because Oliver goes through all that trouble to get Mary Lou to sign off on the vase and right, everything. The video chat. No, you think there's like I a know. statute of limitations on things like expensive vases and art history? Like, 
isn't it like the you I know, know. It's, it's kind of it's kind of like the rule of like um if it's been in lost and found for 30 days um then it's yours <laughs> pay 25 cents <laughs> what's what I'm uh I I'm I'm bringing in the wrong show here but Constable Nathan Grant possession is nine tenths of the law <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that was that was kind of my take Casey but this this vase has been in the possession of this family for a very very long time since the 1940s mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you're just gonna take it away from them when they need it the most and i i thought i thought that they should especially since johan rubel put it in a museum mm -hmm. i thought that there should have been some kind of compensation you know, for them to just be expected to just give it up. I, I thought I, I, that didn't sit right with me. That is the only thing that did not sit right with me. See, I'm the opposite of you two. Like, I, I completely get it. Really? You're like, well, it was in this family for so long, but it was the same way for the other family and it got ripped I, from them. <laughs> I know it was that. No, that's, that's true. But I mean, I wasn't as bothered. I, I mean, I wasn't as bothered by it. It was just a fleeting. It's tragic. I mean, it's tragic. It's very sad. Sure. But you have to also think of it this way too. Um, it kind of shows that element of faith on the Kelser family part because they yeah. they had this they had this vase all this vase was they put all their faith in this vase to like save them and their farm whenever they needed it right because they yeah. knew it was like a lot of money they probably didn't expect it to be like 250 300k um but once that vase was taken away from them they still had the faith to keep going. Even the mom reminded them like, you know what? We didn't have the vase since 1999 anyways. It's yeah. okay. It's okay that we have to give this vase back to its rightful owner. And mm -hmm. what ends up happening is because they have this, this faith of like, you know, that things will be okay. Things do turn out okay because everything happens for a reason. And in the end, we find out that they, their farm is secured by the right person. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like one of those moments where, you know, things in life are just like falling apart all over you, but you never know what's going to happen. And you never know, like just taking that step of faith and just be like going into something scary and going into the unknown and just knowing that, you know, um, you know, if you're a believer, like God will hold, hold you in his hands and he's not going to let you fall. Mm -hmm. And just like with the Kelser family, and I know this is completely fictional, but it's the same, it's the <laughs> same, it's the same idea. You know, we get very deep with these characters. We you know? <laughs> and I think that the, I think that's the magic of Martha and her writing, especially with these elements of faith, because it's not yeah. a religious story per se. You don't really hear a whole lot of religion in on this part, but you can tell that there is that element mm -hmm. incorporated yeah. through this story and yeah. through and the Kelser story. And it's not pushy, which right. she is incredibly good at. Right. Right. But it, Kim, you know, she talks about the fact that she believes in God and and we can see that faith she puts in him mm -hmm. because she's like we're giving the vase back and mm -hmm. and then she says at the end we never needed the vase like she tells mm -hmm. her girls we never needed the vase like yeah we, right. we didn't need to put our faith in this vase right but in and in order for the girls to see that too the the vase had to be taken away from them mm -hmm. now that that part i will completely agree with that that the 
you know, when are you two going to get it through your heads <laughs> that we didn't need the vase? But I, I still, that, that part made me very sad. <laughs> yeah. I love the mom in this story. Yeah. Oh, she is fantastic. Kim Delaney is such a yeah. great actress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but yes, the farm does get saved because who ends up uh, buying the farm at the auction? Anybody um, know? The I man in the back. The man in the back in the suit. <laughs> that lovely O'Toole Foundation from Oliver's Mr. Harvey Schmidt's father, creator, inventor, whatever he was, <laughs> saving the day. <laughs> Yet again, what's funny is the panning of the camera. Because you, you pan the camera, you see the crowd, you see a dude in a suit. It's not Oliver. You know that's yeah. not Oliver. And then you pan again and you think that that's the man that gets it because, again, you see the suit and then you hear the guy, the, the auctioneer say, you know, the man in the back or whatever. And then it's Oliver and you're like, where did you come from? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, the auctioneer, the auctioneer says the man in the back, but we don't see the man in the back it's mm-hmm. just and then and then oliver vocally says 400 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just which i i just this just came to me the vase was worth 250 or 300 dollars mm-hmm. and oliver pays four hundred thousand dollars for the for the farm which was a hundred thousand dollars more mm-hmm. than what they would have gotten for the vase that right. just occurred to me oh well, my Eddie gosh continue to I pay for anything script. related to the financial well-being of the property so right it's really mm-hmm. pledging even more than that too <laughs> i love martha's writing <laughs> <laughs> but there's stipulations there's a catch there's a catch there's a catch you know which is um that it has to stay a farm big that's a big one you know there and there has to be an education center and they just have the perfect couple to help build and run it which norman saved the day again it was his idea it was it was him talking to bill and sunny and said you were farmers Mm -hmm. it was norman who made the connection and who came, who, I don't think he came up with the entire idea, but he came up with the means to run it. Mm-hmm. Norman yeah. saved the day again. Go Norman, Oliver. And I just love the little scene at the end where um, Oliver says to Kim that you are now free to live here till the cows come home. And just the look that he shares with Kim because they're both spiritual people and you can just see that that gratitude and their kindred spirits and there's something just that that moment just like really touches me mm-hmm. just well, the way bringing, they look at each other yeah and it's bringing back it's bringing back the conversation that they had about kim's favorite time of day when the cows <laughs> come home oh yeah i'm gonna cry it was it was very very beautiful yes. yeah it was yeah and she knows too like now because she's not gonna probably live much longer she's got her daughters with her because mary lou does come home and there is Mm -hmm. reconciliation Mm -hmm. between mary lou and peggy um and she'll have her family around her when she goes off and passes away so yeah yes and the cows come home face is back with its owner 
Mary Lou is home. The farm is saved. And they have a note from Mr. Rubel, too. And it ends kind of with that the story ends with of you know him showing his gratitude and then he put it in the museum and and everything's all good. Everything is right in the world. And there's there's happy cows. Happy cows, happy, cows, happy family happy people. Yeah. <laughs> so that wraps up the letter story. Wow, we talked a long time about that. I mean it's a it's a big story. No, it is a big story. Postables, we're glad you love us because we're gonna keep going. So <laughs> keep going. All right, let's uh let's move to Norita. So I move, I move that Norman be nominated for VIP of this movie. Ooh, I, I, I have to counter you on that. And I, okay. I will get to it in Shawlover, but I'm going to have to counter you on that. Okay. <laughs> I see where you're at. I do agree. All Norman is great, but there is another moment. Maybe they could be Cope and the Cope. Let's yeah, do Cope. Yeah, yeah, let's do Cope. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. But you probably yeah. do because you know me. <laughs> the benefit of being friends with co-workers <laughs> um but the whole thing with um, norman and rita in this movie is that uh rita's parents come to meet to meet poor norman and norman when he's nervous uh gets convulsions oh my <laughs> gets <God>. the irks. <laughs> irks. he gets the irks <laughs> and, uh, everything that can go wrong does go wrong in that very first moment I still think that it was very much Ramon's fault. He pushed the button. He didn't put the lid on the blender. You never like, push the button without to, the lid. You have to suspend <laughs> some belief here because who pushes the button without the lid on? Especially when you have it full of liquid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think you have to Everybody's suspend some belief Everybody's blaming Norman. Here. <laughs> Everybody's blaming Norman. Well, it's really not about the glasses. And we I think we know that it's really not about the glasses. It's the fact that, you know. No, it's not. But that father has the, a little complex that here. Breaks, <laughs> that's the straw that that's the straw that breaks the camel's back is the is the glasses being put in the blender. Yeah. But um before we get too far, what, what were you guys' first impressions of Rita's parents? Let's go there. What were your first impressions of her parents? Hippies. So, <laughs> Hippies in every sense of the word. <laughs> so the one thing that stuck out to me, um, just knowing that Crystal Lowe is half Chinese, half Caucasian, I was surprised that one of her parents wasn't Asian. Mm-hmm. Because and the other thing too uh... is Chris, or I should say Rita, looks nothing like her parents at all like you have to suspend a lot of disbelief (laughs) to believe that she is the child of this couple um that was the one thing that's probably why they put the glasses on mom (laughs) that's probably why they put glasses on mom (laughs) oh yeah because Rita wears glasses too but like that was the one thing that really stood out to me was like it it didn't make sense in my mind because they they just Mm -hmm. they did not look like a normal they they did not look like a, a, a family together. A biological family. Biological family. family. Yeah. I, I, that, that was definitely one thing. Um, and like, I was thinking maybe like a, like, like a chip, like Joanna Gaines and her parents. Cause I yeah. think her, yeah. her mom is Korean maybe. I, I believe you're right. And her dad is Caucasian. And then like they have three daughters. And so like, I was thinking it more like that in my head whenever I would think of Rita. Like, that was just, that was the one thing that really stood out. 
Yeah, I will agree. I think the casting could have been done better for her parents. I agree that she didn't look very much like her parents. I think they added glasses on mom to make uh, mm-hmm. to make it look more like it. But I, I have to admit, it didn't it didn't really bother me. I, I was like, okay, yeah. mom, mom and dad, you are hippies. I think that's I think that's what I what I grasped onto more was their personalities and how mm-hmm. they were kind of like, Wah! <laughs> they are very seventies. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I grasped onto more was their strange personalities and the contrast in their reactions with Norman more than, more than their looks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, Rita's parents, Bill, Bilbo. <laughs> and I love Sunny. that. Bilbo, <laughs> like the Hobbit. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I was kind of like, uh, Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't say too much because I have a cousin who's named uh, Arwen after, <gasps> after Lord of the Rings, yeah. the elf. but you know, because she's my cousin, I grew up knowing her as Arwen and it, you know, I, I didn't know that that was Lord of the Rings when I was a little girl, you know, and so <laughs> it, but you know, I think, I think Arwen and Bilbo are two very different things <laughs> i'm just like wow those parents really really like the hobbit <laughs> i will and, say- you know and it's all of all of uh, all of bilbo's shirts you know that just shows yikes we are living in the 70s here <laughs> i will say um barry bostwick has the best deadpan expressions <laughs> Does the other yes. thing too. Even my husband, when he would watch this movie with me once, he was like, "This guy's funny." <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> Barry is amazing. Barry is amazing with his facial expressions, especially especially the facial expressions towards Norman. I know that's where he does most of his deadpan, but yeah, you know, it's just. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this juice for my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Poor Norman and poor Norman. Cause you know, on one hand, I feel like you're like, you're just mad at dad. Like what is like, why are you so shallow? You know? Cause, but then on the other hand, you're like, I, I can kind of get it on a surface level. He's, this is not what he pictured. You know, every, dad probably has an image and he sees Norman as like this is not it but it's like well, it's because he doesn't know Norman's heart yet. we've seen the mm-hmm. history yeah, yeah. No. we we've seen the history we know how perfect they are for each other and so yeah it's really hard to not get mad at mm-hmm. Bilbo but at the other uh, on the other hand it's just like you kind okay, of see cut, it. Cut, yeah. cut him a tiny bit of slack, but you don't have to be such a jerk about yeah. it. Yeah, no, there's a jerk about it. Because you know, yeah. he sees this, he, see, he probably imagines this, like this buff man, probably. Because he's yeah. like, you know, kind of a buff man himself. He's tall, he's very he really rugged, a kind of man. Yeah, he works with his hands. Who Sonny describes as a woodland creature. <laughs> you remind oh, me of a small woodland my creature. My word. <laughs> Yeah, and like, I mean, because Rita's the only child and she is yes. daddy's girl. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure growing up, Rita told her dad, I want to marry someone just like you. And because they obviously have this daddy daughter connection. Yeah. So when he sees five foot 
six five foot seven Norman here. Maybe. Because I think Crystal's like five seven, five eight or so. She's tall. So. Um, something like that. But when she when 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 Bilbo sees this short, very awkward, very strange young man who he's acting strange. I mean, we all love Norman. We know he's not strange. It's just at surface level, he's like, this dude is not tall, he is not rugged. <laughs> And he's got the irks. And he's got the irks. <laughs> my husband said that my dad would give him the deadpan expressions like Bilbo. <laughs> and that's why it was so funny for him. Oh, that was like, why oh, it's so funny for him. Like, this is like your dad when we first started dating. He would like not even look at me. Just like this dude over here looking at me like... Huh? My brothers, my brothers give my give my husband the deadpan expression. Oh, my brother would give my husband the deadpan expression too. Yeah, just, they all love him uh, now. I mean, like everybody uh, gets along great. Actually, I'm pretty sure that my dad, my whole family likes my husband better than my like me most of the time. So <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's that testing phase there. Yeah, it's, it's like our like, man stands up to yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But Norman does stand up, but it just takes dad a long time to figure that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I love when Rita just kind of lets him have it. Like she gets Oh my serious. gosh. Yes. I, I would, I would love to have that kind of guts with my parents. <laughs> I don't, I was, I was never really that brave. I, I was, I would never be that brave. And mm-hmm. I, I've had I've had to tell my parents to let me be my own person a time or two, but I don't I don't know if I could really give it to them the way that <laughs> the way that Rita did. Well, it's Rita's version of giving it to him, so it's not like super like she's not no, going off the wall at him, but she no, but it was she's good. gotten to being mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and it's really good. You know, it's really like you good can just hear the tone said. change, and it's mm-hmm. Crystal did a really good job with it. Yeah, and well, she and she, goes for the gut too. She, does it's not just yeah and it's not just like these are my feelings and this is my fiance how dare you like how some women would go and go off on their parents about that stuff she she turns it around and she puts it on her dad and she's like you know what I wanted to marry a guy like you and And she goes off and she's kind of in a roundabout way says Norman is the one He's kind. He's generous. He's all these wonderful things like you were. And now you can't even see that. And like, like basically in a roundabout way, she's basically saying, you're not the man I thought you were, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Which to a, from a daughter saying that to a dad who's been that like rock and that like superhero Hero. and like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the savior of like his daughter and his little girl hearing that from like mm-hmm. tiny sweet little Rita is like a punch to the gut she brings mm-hmm. it home if you'll pardon the pun yeah, home again <laughs> she does well but then she- we have that that one last addition from uh Joe he just adds that last thing or maybe you're the one that that needs the glasses oh my gosh I loved it I loved Joe at that part and you know when Bill when Bill says did you hear any of that you know he could have easily gone no no didn't hear a thing but he said sure did <laughs> just like yeah Joe <laughs> and the other thing too is bill can't get mad at joe for speaking his mind because bill asked the question yeah bill could have easily just stormed off walked away not said anything to joe and it would be a little out of out of joe's place to address it then 
but yeah. because Bill said, did you hear any of that? That immediately opened like a door for Joe to be straight with him and be like, mm. well, no, no, and, no. And even, and even though he was straight with him, he was still very careful with him. Yes. He did. He just said, looks like you're the one that needs the glasses mm-hmm. because Joe in a, in a analogy sense of the word has had glasses because he has seen, mm-hmm. he has seen Norman and Rita and he has seen what they do for each other. And, you know, he says it at the very beginning. I was, when I heard about these two, I was so happy. And so, uh, so Joe is trying to share the glasses yes. with Bill and mm-hmm. he gives it to him straight, but he's still, but he's still gentle. And I just, I love Joe. I love Papa. I know. He does such a great job of like distracting them. They work on the room together. Oh my gosh. He is amazing. And that's the other reason why Bill can't get mad at him because he has established a rapport. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joe has Bill's respect in every sense of the word. So Mm -hmm. so he can't get mad at him. And while we're talking about Joe, can we just really fast talk about Shane and Joe and the relationship <laughs> here real fast? I love <laughs> I love that Shane calls reinforcements and she, <laughs> she's like, Joe, give me a hug. Rita's <laughs> parents are here and I need help. Hey, guys. And Joe just like gets it. He's like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. Got it. Got it. I'm on it. <laughs> He's got that great intuition. I just, I love Shane and Joe's relationship. I, do I too. love, love, love it. My husband thought, my husband thought that it was weird that she gave him a hug. And I said, oh no, no, those two are very close. Those two are tight. It's just, uh, it's just awkward because his hands are full. So he can't hug her back. And yeah. also, yeah, if you have to tell someone a secret message, a hug is a perfect way to get next to their ear. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They need more scenes together. I think I think that especially with the wedding coming mm-hmm. up and Shane's lack of father, I I think I think that if we have a <laughs> wedding, I I think that we're gonna because when when you think about it, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, idea forming fan fiction writing on the way. <laughs> I That's think just in. <laughs> I think that I think that Norman is going to be the best man. Oh gosh, I'm going to cry. I think Joe's going to walk Shane down the aisle. Oh yeah, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> I, I, I think that. Well, it's an epiphany to me. Okay. <laughs> I think that Joe is going to watch Shane walk Shane down the aisle. Probably. And that will. Oh gosh, that'll be that'll be the epitome. And of course, you know, we're going to have the moment before when they're talking right before they walk and mm-hmm. he's gonna say how much she has done for his son and ah, okay <laughs> we, need to, we need to email martha right now <laughs> Dear already died that right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah i think i mean i think i would love to see a scene with shane asking joe to walk her down the aisle Oh my gosh, that is gonna and just how touched he appears. And yes, and they can have this like very it's precious moment because be... she doesn't have her dad anymore because he's yes. passed away and Joe doesn't have a daughter. And so it'd be a privilege for him to walk Shane, his new daughter, in love to uh down the aisle and they can have the father-daughter dance and we could all be a pile of tears. Where's the map? <laughs> 
here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way, back to Norita. So we just have one last thing to talk about with Norita, and that is the um, the ring and Norman kind of reproposing to Rita because he found the ring. It was not lost in the laundromat. It fell out of his pocket because <laughs> there was a it, hole in his pocket. Into his snow boot of all yes. things. I'm like, how does this, how did that happen? It was under the bed. They like bounced into his snow boot. <laughs> Those must have been some very short snow boots. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe designed for a small woodland creature. Oh my word. Oh, but anyway, so why don't one of you take this scene? You'll do it justice. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Oh well, well Norman gets um, his brave his, his brave on. He's get he gets his boldness on. And I think that, you know, he does a really, really good job of bringing it just like Rita did he brings it back around, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and he compares the situation with a lot of situations that they have gone through in the movie. And he just says, you know, things don't turn out the way you plan all the time. And you meet, you fall in love with the most amazing woman in the world and you buy her a ring and then you lose it and you find it in your snow boot. <laughs> and just Jeff has this amazing sense of expression because mm-hmm. he's so silly and nerdy so much of the time. <clears throat> and then yeah. he gets, you know, even, even in the proposal at the very end, he goes back to Norman yeah and is and is silly and very norman like but here it is so sweet and he wants to share it he he becomes a man again mm-hmm. yeah you know, he because he wants to share it with everybody but just like Sonny says you know when he says i wish oliver were here he knows how to handle these things Sonny says, so do you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I, I'm with Shane that I wish that they could have been there to share that moment, but I'm also with Oliver that it was something he needed to do by himself. He needed to do it on his own. Yeah. <clears throat> and it just, how he expressed his love for Rita. And we also know that Bill's big problem, one of them, <laughs> Bill's big problem was that Norman lost the ring. Mm-hmm. I, that bothered him so much. And so the fact that he showed them, I found it and I am putting it on your daughter's finger because I love her so much and I respect her and I admire her because, mm. and his whole analogy of the owl and how owls are wise and smart 
and beautiful and brave. It's just, mm-hmm. It was so touching. It's so, so, so sweet. Beautiful. Even for a non, almost sort of kind of not really romantic. It, it yeah, is you're nice. falling. You're <laughs> falling. It's a touching scene. It won't make me cry, but it's a touching scene. Oh, it is so, so incredibly sweet and perfect for for Norman. I mean, especially to prove to Rita's dad that he's worthy you know he he he's worthy of his daughter like he's not just some wimpy dude in like (laughs) he's not just some like klutzy person who's just like losing things everywhere it was an honest mistake like it was an honest accident really and Mm -hmm. he he loves her with everything and I just it's it's just it's just so sweet that Rita gets two proposals. It so is. Sweet. It really is. And they're both equally as amazing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And he touches on different things with both. That's mm-hmm. true. I didn't think about that. You know, we had to have two proposals so we could cover everything about how sweet and amazing this couple is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then at the end, we get a little bit of levity because it wouldn't be Norman and Rita without it. <laughs> and we get a little bit of levity with this ring. I, the engage you <laughs> the, and the look on his face like I know I'm being weird and it's okay <laughs> so yes sweet happy ending for a very sweet couple and dad is convinced now as he should have been the first time but <laughs> I I love I I wrote it down because I love what he says he says you teach your kids to love then you turn into a jerk when they go out in the world and do it. And (laughs) that, that was really big, Mm -hmm. you know, because a a man like Bill could have just said, Hey, we're good now. Hey, I think you're okay. You have my blessing. Pat on the back. We're good. Yeah. 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 He didn't do that. He, he acknowledged he acknowledged that there, that he had a problem and he acknowledged he, I, I don't know if he actually said, I didn't hear the words, I'm sorry, but that's basically what he did. He apologized. And, you know, that, that takes a lot of guts for a guy like Bill. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I really, really love, I really, really love that not only are things okay, but things have been acknowledged. So now we have our final segment, the best for last, of course, is Shaliver. Shaliver! Shaliver! (laughs) Oh, we're now in a musical. It's singing hour. (laughs) And it starts out with Oliver, you know, getting that yellow rose and just so very casually leaning on the back of a car with copies in hand waiting for his uh lady girlfriend. love <laughs> i don't know if they're calling it girlfriend yet no, but not, nope, yet, not, not yet not a girlfriend his not um, his thing <laughs> uh, let's refrain from doing that his, his, his lady love his lady love how is that even better <laughs> i don't know that's not his lady let's say that his lady his his lady he's he is waiting for his lady with his and her coffees so and they walk together to work. Cue Oz. Aww. 
Well, you guys are my romantics. You gotta, you gotta have the sound effects. There. No. <laughs> and oh, they're the they, they kiss on the cheek. <laughs> that was a kiss on the cheek too. That was no pick. Oh no, that wasn't a pick. But I, I, I kind of would have liked for him to kiss her back, or you know, they. I don't know. Just a little peck on the lips. Like, good morning, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> And so on their way to work, they stop by this little junk stand where Shane finds a little treasure in the form of a blank oval frame. One man's trash is waiting to become somebody's treasure. I thought you liked antiques, you know, because you're a human antique, right? (laughs) And I love that Oliver just said, I believe that's where it is where it's supposed to be. very roundabout way of calling it trash you know? yeah yeah i'm a little surprised like oliver wasn't more like you know like antique like you think that would be like something he'd be kind of more interested in mm-hmm. maybe you would no yeah maybe i it's just there you know it's just kind of yeah. there so <laughs> um but i feel like their their next big thing after this with Oliver, and this is this is where I disagree with Cammie on the MVP is um, when Rita and Oliver go and visit Dale and Rita goes away at some point and Oliver has a conversation with Dale in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And this to me, because she, so Dale is way direct. She asked about Shane. She wants to hear it from Oliver and Oliver gives his little roundabout answer or whatever of them being a, a thing. <laughs> Yeah, D- Dale says Dale says that they're so similar, but it's really interesting that you can see the big differences because Dale is the one who says, "Oliver, you can say it." Yeah. And you and Shane are, you know, I mean, she basically <laughs> says it for him. She does. <laughs> like she knows. Like she's not dumb. And Yeah. Where what I think that she's a real MVP is not only is she like she She's willing to back off. She's not going to like sit there and try to be sneaky or anything and like try to like steal him. But she literally sits there and tells him why Shane is better for him than her. Like she literally tells him Shane is better for you because of this and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like who does that? Go Dale. Yeah. I mean, she tells him that they're too oh. alike. That's why they can't, th- that's why they probably would not, They. that's why they get along as friends but they probably would not get along together in a romantic relationship because they mm-hmm. would be too much alike and they'd be too and sometimes if you're too much alike with your spouse then that that causes a lot of like friction and a lot of like headbutting too because you're both very like set in your ways about whatever particular thing it is and sometimes with with Dale she is very black and white very um she does not push the envelope mm-hmm. and she she expresses that Shane sometimes colors outside the ones and that is totally fine and that's what Oliver needs he needs somebody yeah who shakes will push him, up. him yeah <laughs> shakes him up push him out of his comfort zone mm-hmm. um and it's, it's good it's it's healthy for him to be taken out of that comfort zone especially because the last 17 years he's been stuck in this box mm-hmm. and he does not go to the edge of the corners or anything he's just in this box and he's stayed stagnant for so long and so plenty of white around the border 
yeah right, right next to the lines <laughs> yeah so for Shane pushing him outside it, it's grown him as a person and I think Dale mm-hmm. sees that too I think she yeah. sees that Shane has really helped Oliver come out of that box and has really helped him grow in different ways yeah and she even goes on to say like after they're talking about that Shane you know pushes the envelope and you know all that like he he describes them as like a possibility of a mess and she's like or it could be beautiful like dale is the one who's like she's like their supporter in a way you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and it's i just think that's a really stand-up move for dale so mvp for me for dale is dale co-mvp with norman (laughs) yeah but of the entire movie, definitely that scene and that situation, Dale is the MVP. But for the entire, I just love movie, Dale. I don't. I, I think know you love this. Dale. <laughs> that is nothing new. You know? <laughs> Her and Lester, some of my favorite characters. Just I didn't say they put them together. <laughs> yeah, don't put them together. No, 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 not no, together, no, no. separately. Bad, 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 bad. Now bad. that's 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 the combination of opposites that will not attract. Yes, there we go. There's a mess. (laughs) That would be a mess. So, Shaliver, as they are on the Kelser's farm, Oliver and Shane go on a nice little walk. (laughs) With the hand sanitizer. (laughs) The hand sanitizer. And there are like linking arms and arm. And Oliver gets the guts to ask Ms. McInerney. Oh, yes. Would you like to go study with me? Well, Mr. Mr. O'Toole. This is also very sudden. He's like totally mocking him. (laughs) And then she realizes he's being dead serious. And she's like, oh, snap. You're you're not kidding. (laughs) Foot in mouth. (laughs) Which Shane doesn't do all that often. You know, it happens, but it doesn't happen that often. And Um. so... Yeah, this oopsie. Well, Abby's the one that says to them, "Are y'all steady?" So they're on the farm, so of course Shane's gonna be like thinking that he's kidding because they spent this time with this little girl who's asked him if they were going steady, going to courting, and so he was. She was probably thinking that Oliver was kind of teasing her a little bit because he does have some weird sense of humor. Like he's being he's so deadpan serious but he's actually really kidding or being a little sarcastic with her yeah so of course she's gonna be all why mr o'toole let me bring on my southern accent since we're on the farm also sudden <laughs> well and i mean and the fact that the fact that oliver used the term going steady that's not something that oliver would say you know he he would say uh, may I court you? You know, would would you consider being a couple? You know that kind of thing. He and but because Abby said going steady, you know, I I, I would have thought that it was being playful as well. So, you know. <laughs> well, it's interesting because um, in one of the deleted scenes that you can find on Alameda Downing, um, Oliver defines steady. There's that scene is actually oh. extended. But there's a lot more in that conversation that happens. It doesn't just end with, oh, I don't know. Like he does kind of, he does define it in some odd sort of way. You'll have to go back and watch it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is that interesting. Is, that is interesting. I thought this exchange was a little short. 
and it was yeah. a little awkward mm-hmm. but then it when was. I watched the deleted scene I was like oh that makes sense yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah that that was that was something about this movie is I wanted so much more from Shaliver mm-hmm. you know I I just I just wanted more that because I always want more romance. That's me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite Shallover moment in this whole movie is when they are walking in the sunset. The sun is setting behind them, just like the picture in my background. If you are on YouTube watching, and <laughs> Shane answers the question that Oliver had asked her earlier, which was, "Would you go steady with me?" And she. <laughs> She basically says, I will. I do. It's like she, she looked it up. Going steady. She, she looked it up. And <laughs> she gives him all these stipulations, including that she needs to be the first, his first dance at Norman and Rena's wedding, which is so sweet. And then, and they- then- he pulls the line out that she said to him, I only dance with you. Hmm. Which, you know, I think I think with the fact that she danced with Jordan in Christmas and he danced with Holly in From Paris with Love, I think that those, those words that have now come from Shane and from Oliver, and I think that really puts that those are big words from both of them Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they have established they only dance with each other which Mm -hmm. I think is very sweet it it shows how far they've come yeah yeah I have a super random fact (laughs) because I went down like 17 rabbit holes on the internet last night oh dear um I found it really interesting there is a movie called duck soup and there is a line from this movie that says, I could dance with you till the cows come home. And I just thought that was a fun little tie into this movie. Oh, <laughs> that's precious. It says so it with cute. the cows in the background. So if anyone's curious, 1933, Duck Soup. Wow. That random, is a rabbit random hole. Random line about um, cows coming home <laughs> and dancing. That is a rabbit hole. I was last night at 2 a.m., guys. (laughs) Wow. But the scene is so beautifully shot, too, with the sunset and the kiss. And when they they come apart from the kiss, you can see the sun coming through. It's just, oh, I just love it so much. It's sweet. It's so sweet. All right. Well, that wraps up Home Again. That was a long one. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not done yet because we got trivia, y'all. All right. All right. You guys ready? Casey doesn't look too confident. Nope. Okay, continue. <laughs> ready? What is the name of the laundromat where Norman sends his clothes? Tony's Tip Top Cleaners. Very good. It's dry cleaners, not laundromat. Just so we're clear. <laughs> I didn't want to give away the, I didn't want to use the name partially in the question, Candy. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. <laughs> All right. Fill in the blanks. Nothing beats what? Oh my gosh. Can you give us a little bit more? It was like, like a-, a defining quote from the, 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 the family. <sighs> Nothing beats. Nothing beats. Hold on. I think I remember this. Happy. 
Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Nothing beats hard work, happy cows, and hope. There you go. <laughs> well, I don't know. Those were the easy ones. <laughs> all right. What song is playing at the very beginning of the movie when Oliver comes to get Shane? Oh, it's from Kev Mo, but it Oh, it's um uh... is it called Love My Baby? No, that's that is that is a line in it, but I know it's a lyric, but I have no idea what the title is. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's oh, um gonna shout it out everywhere. Dun 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 fast or slow. I love my baby gonna tell everybody I know. There you go. Tell everybody I know. Okay. There you go, Postable's musical hour. All right. There you go. <laughs> what is the name of the company that Mary Lou works for? Um, hold on. Do I have that? Um, uh, no. ABC News, NBC, no. MSNBC, I, Fox. Told you you wouldn't write them all down, Cammy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I wrote it all down, but I didn't. I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't write that one down. Nope. She works for Roper's News Agency or Roper <sighs> News Agency. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was there. It was right there. I did not write that one down. Okay. This was just a fun one. It has nothing to do with uh, something from the actual movie. What decade did going steady become a thing? 50s. Ooh, according 50s. to Wikipedia. 50s. <laughs> 50s was the big going steady. That is correct, Kimmy. I am obsessed with the 50s. I love the 50s. And they and the boys would the boys would give the girl the class ring and she would put it on a chain and wear it. That that was the big thing. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Huh. My rabbit yeah. hole didn't get me that far. Oh, no. My when my when my husband proposed to me, he fooled me by saying that he brought me his class ring. <laughs> and he put he put the engagement ring in his class ring box so it looked all torn and old and he said I brought you my class ring and my first thing was oh shoot I don't have a necklace that that it could work on it was all beaded it wasn't just a chain mm-hmm. and I was like oh how sweet and then he gets down on his knee I'm like, oh honey don't do this here no no that no that's too much and he opens it up will you marry me I'm like, that's not your class ring <laughs> those were the <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm a type if i had to pick an era that's not my own to live in it would have been the 50s i love the 50s (laughs) all right i got two more one uh one is what did rita's grandmother memorize what did rita's grandmother we learned this when we're talking about norman asked uh, where rita gets her um Oh, memory. Uh, yeah. Rita, Rita's grand. She memorized a postal code, right? Uh, the phone book. <laughs> no, the I, encyclopedia. No. Nope, don't remember. The 1972 federal tax code. Oh, tax oh, code. Yeah. Okay, not a postal code, a tax code. No. <laughs> and last one is another fun one, not from the movie. How many gallons of milk does one cow produce each year on average? Each year. Oh, yes. man. Uh, Gallons of milk per year. One cow. I'm gonna go with 400 gallons. Okay, and Casey, what's your guess? Uh, 
279 gallons. You're both nowhere near it. According to a site called Dairy Moose, <laughs> it is 2,500 gallons of milk. Now, now, what's that? What's that taken from? How how many cows are we talking? Just one. So one cow gives over 2,000 gallons per year. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's wow. amazing. So there you have it, Postables. You know now a little bit about cows. You know a little bit about Kimmy's love of the 50s. <laughs> and you know a whole lot about home again. <laughs> we so enjoy talking this movie with y'all. And we're excited to come back again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Deliver Me a Podcast. To stay up to date on all our episodes, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. We also have a merch store where you can buy tons of postable things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week.